0: And 269 days since Joey promised that he wouldn't abandon Americans, and sure as hell, he did. Um, there's some fascinating updates as it relates to Ukraine that I want to bring to your attention. we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, all things Bill O'Reilly, simple man. That's coming up later in the program today and so much more. Um, and Steve Daines will join us, senator from Montana. i got to get a ranch in Montana. I keep saying that, but I probably never—I don't know what i do with myself if I'm all— hello out there and then they come back echoing back hello out there hello out there hello can anybody hear me you know I just have this vision of open spaces <laughs> I know I'm nuts um but there's something I, I for those people that live in Alaska Montana you know I feel like I'm I, I want to do scenes in Yellowstone the 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 hit series and I just I look at their their rugged individualism, and I'm fascinated by it. You know, life below zero. Who the hell wants to live in the desolate fro- frozen tundra, and and yet people do. And the, the the amount of preparation in those few months that they have every year to supply up for the for the pending you know endless you know frozen winter snowstorms, I, I, I'm just blown away by it. You know, then they go out, they do their own hunting and fishing and, you know, all sorts of cool stuff. They come up with innovative ways, like when salmon are running. I saw this one guy builds this big sort of like windmill thing and it just catches, you know, hundreds, thousands of salmon. Guy uses it to feed his sled dogs and he saves it for the year. And then they, they make sure they have enough meat for the winter in case they can't find any. It's, it's really cool. Um, anyway, but I digress. So this might be a favorite. There's two things I've been saying about Ukraine that need to happen, that the West needs to do, and only two things. One, and they have not shown the urgency that I think is needed and necessary, because if you're going to allow Ukraine to fight for their own country and you're going to commit to helping them and supporting them, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have the goal. The aim is to win. The war. We don't fight wars to win them anymore. That's why I like the Trump Doctrine. When he defeated the caliphate, he blew them to smithereens. Nobody even paid attention. He drove them back, the very caliphate that grew under Obama and Biden. You know, when he went after Soleimani, just pinpoint accuracy. Somebody pushed a button at some state, some place, somewhere, I'm not allowed to mention where I know. Because we have a caller, they got very mad at me because that caller thinks that that city is going to end up being a target. So I made a promise not to ever disclose any of the locations where the buttons are being pushed. But in all seriousness, we, they took Soleimani out. I know the story behind it because I talked to people, my sources, and I have sources, that told me they, they were following this guy for two weeks. They ID'd him right on the tarmac. They had eyes on the ground when he landed. And they took him out and his whole entourage, just like they took out Baghdadi and associates. Cool stuff. Um, so but if you're going to fight a war, you got to fight to win the war. That's why I'm so adamant. I can't stand politicians. You know, they get all gung ho sending American tr- treasure, our national treasure in the war zones, only for them to get weak need only for them to fight the war without the, the full velocity and force necessary to win it and win it quickly. Uh, and then it gets politicized. And then they say, never mind. And then you got to ask, well, why did we lose thousands of innocent, you know, our, our, our women and children that went over there to fight and die in these wars? And other people are losing their, their arms and their legs and come back so disfigured. You can't fight the war that way. You got to fight to win. So if you're going to help Ukraine fight, you got to help Ukraine fight to win. And I don't think there's been the urgency from NATO allies or the US or Western Europe to the extent that is needed to get Ukraine that has shown great valor and courage and a willingness to fight for their country, not one American boot on the ground. And if we if we do that, they've shown that I believe that they've shown that they can win. I think they can win this war. And and we're not we're not stepping up fast enough. I'll give you an example. You know, Biden bragging about his big military aid package to Ukraine. All right, it consists of ninety howitzers. Is that really the best we can do? And as the Wall Street Journal pointed out, it, you first ask yourself: you think that's really going to turn the tide? It'll have an impact, but not the impact to win the war. Otherwise, we, we're they, we're supplying them half-assed, is what we're doing. Just like the way. Democratic politicians fight wars half-assed, and Republicans too, for that matter. You know, the Wall Street Journal pointed out U.S. providing 90 artillery pieces, 144,000 shells, small quantity likely to be expanded quickly, they say. And then they point out in August of 1944, an attack in France, 14 square miles, Saint-Malo, Uh, The U.S. Army fired 45,000 shells in a single day in October 1944. 18,000 shells uh, struck the mid-sized city, a mid-sized city in Germany. And during peak bombardments against, uh, you know, uh, Grozny in in 1995, estimates are that Russians fired 4,000 an hour in a few months in 2017. So, in other words, Marine has fired 35,000 shells at ISIS targets. The arithmetic of the battle in any large war is large numbers. Now, let's look at this former Soviet Union that has now become Russia, if you will, broken up, obviously. In contrast to the aid, our aid to Ukraine, the Soviet Union supplied the North Vietnamese with 400 MiGs, 2,000 tanks, 7,000 artillery pieces, more than 5,000 anti-aircraft guns. Ukrainians cannot retake cities in the east and the south without massive support far beyond Joe's paltry aid package that he's offering. Since the war began, U.S. and NATO have given Kiev about $4 billion in military aid. European nations have paid Russia $38 billion for oil and natural gas. So that just ought to give you some perspective here. By the way, a report out today, Russian troops are now forcing Ukrainians to dig the mass graves if they want any food and any water. That would be evil in our time. Business Insider, Russian forces, Mariupol, are making local Ukrainians dig mass graves in exchange for food and water. According to the city's mayor, we know about these mass graves because these fascists are enlisting local people for burial in exchange for food. Uh, they told us it's necessary to work hard to give you food and water. Now, Mariupol, which, by the way, it's 95% rubble at this point. They destroyed the whole city. They blew it up. The best news I saw in all of this is, remember, President Trump tried to warn European leaders. We showed you President Trump just beat the crap out of the head of NATO, telling them how stupid they are. We, We, the United States... Are paying not only more in sheer dollars than our NATO partners and allies, but we're paying a greater percentage of our much higher GDP than they are. And that money is supposedly being used to protect our NATO allies from Russia. And then our NATO allies not only don't pay their fair share, then they turn around and they make multi billion dollar deals with Vladimir Putin and Russia, hostile actor, hostile regime. And now he's, he's going to pull in an estimated $312 billion this year. This is nuts. And Trump tried to warn them. Anyway, Russia is now saying they will halt all gas and energy to Poland and Bulgaria starting today. The first time that it has followed through on a threat to cut off countries that don't pay for their gas on new wartime terms outlined in March by Vladimir Putin. He wants to be po- paid in rubles So he can prop up his own failing currency. Now the move marks a major escalation by Russia, which has tried to bolster their currency by insisting customers pay for gas and rubles, introducing the possibility that more economies in Europe, deeply dependent on Russian gas could be targeted. Gas prices in Europe rose by more than 10% late last night as traders weighed the risk to already tight supplies. Now I know it's horrible, I've been saying forever the lifeblood of the world's economy is oil and gas and coal, and you can go nuclear. But of course, uh, Germany especially gave in to, we're now knowing, Putin funded, Russian funded environmental groups that put all the pressure on the government to go green and give up their energy independence. Kind of like what's happening in, Amer- in America today. All these green groups. Oh, no, we can't drill for oil. We can't do, we can't extract natural gas. We can't have coal, blah, blah, no nuclear. So what's the answer? We're in, last year, Joe's importing oil from Iran and Russia, and but now he's, he's begged OPEC so many times they won't even take his calls anymore because they reject outright what he's doing with the Iranians. He's going to do a deal with Iran that gives them tens of billions, allows Russia to negotiate the stupid deal. I mean, this is a form of madness. The only good thing that can come out of this is guess what? We're going to have to find alternative sources of energy in really fast order to supply our Western European allies or their economies will completely collapse. Now, the good news is, is Vladimir, who's taken in almost a billion dollars a day, selling oil to Western Europe and NATO allies that have been stupid, well, that's less money in his pocket and it might create the urgency of the world to step up energy production and that stops you know the billion dollars a day going into the coffers for vladimir putin funding his war against ukraine and whatever other territorial ambitions he might have at whatever particular point in time now germany uh, you know only because of international pressure that was on foxnews.com the new chancellor saying that they're going to authorize tank shipments to ukraine Uh, bending to international pressure. Why is it bending to international pressure? It's in Europe's best interest Ukraine win and defeat Russia in Ukraine. We see what Putin's done to Ukraine. He's leveled Ukraine. Ukraine is mostly rubble at this point. It really is. And then these people call me and tell me, well, it's not really that bad. We have no business being there. I'm like, okay, but the next stop is going to be Poland and Latvia and Estonia and Lithuania and the Baltics. And here we go. I mean, I'd much rather not only should Europe, Western Europe and NATO and the U.S., we should be giving them everything they can they can possibly use. Why? To win the war against Putin and not only defeat him, maybe take him out of power while we're at it. I have the Hannity doctrine that you invade a sovereign country, you forfeit your right to rule a country, and you should forfeit your right to live. We can always hope, can't we? Hannity, you're saying that we have executive I didn't say Americans kill them. I'm hoping somebody around Putin has access to Putin. Hannity, that's really controversial. Well, I've seen enough innocent dead women and children in mass graves to last a lifetime in this conflict, And I'm sorry, but my heart is troubled at the sight of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in mass graves and cities leveled and and residential neighborhoods leveled and apartment buildings leveled and cities leveled. You know, at some point, you got to realize, got to be a little more forward thinking. You got to think, okay, you got to start playing chess instead of checkers. And if you're playing chess, you're thinking about the next five moves down the line. And if if Western Europe and NATO, which has not shown the urgency they need, if they don't step up. I'm telling you right now that at some point, we're going to have to step up. And at that point, it's going to be at a much larger degree at a much greater co- cost than it is now. So do it now while you got the opportunity. Let the Ukrainians win their own war. Not one American boot on the ground. I can't be any more, any more clear than I have been on that very specific topic. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN is our number if you want to be a part of the program it's amazing how many people ask me. They know I'm, I'm a big Second Amendment guy. They know I love firearms. And people ask me, all right, well, well, Henry, what kind of gun do you recommend? First, I recommend safety, all right, for everybody. Learn the use and safety of a firearm before you buy a firearm. All right, then I tell them, you got to go to henryusa.com for my friends at Henry Repeating Arms. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's the best craftsmanship that I've ever seen, and I own multiple Henrys now. And they'll give you a free catalog. You go to HenryUSA.com. That's their website. You get a free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you are. By the way, makes great gifts for anybody that you need to give a gift to, maybe a graduation gift, maybe a Father's Day gift, whatever it happens to be. If you're a collector, you got to check out their line of Tribune rifles that honor the people that serve our great nation. In every case, every Henry I own is accurate right out of the box, backed by a lifetime guarantee. All made in America are not made at all. These, these are great people, family-owned business. They give back to vets and our military. If you're in the market for a high-quality, American-made firearm, you're going to love this company. I love this company. HenryUSA.com. Get your free catalog, decals, and a list of dealers, and you're going to love Henry like I do.